Welcome to episode 159 of Vegas Revealed. An iconic Las Vegas compound is up for sale. Find out how much it'll cost you to live like Siegfried and Roy. And hold on to more of your casino winnings. There's a new plan to up the tax threshold on slot machine jackpots. Hear why this is being talked about now. A few places in Las Vegas where you can grab a photo that you might not think about. Plus, we go to Keith Urban's new residency show at Planet Hollywood, and there are some other big things coming up in Las Vegas at the end of this month. All that and more this week on Vegas Revealed. But first, have you downloaded the Vegas Near Me app yet? That is the big question. It is a must-have if you live in Las Vegas or you plan to visit here. And it's now available in both the Apple App Store and on Google Play. If you have a hard time finding your way around our resorts, don't worry. You can find maps of the property within the app. Also, find out how much they're charging for parking so you can plan ahead. Even book an Uber right within the app. Think of Vegas near me as a concierge in your pocket. When you open the app, you're going to find more than 16,000 Las Vegas businesses and activities. There are tons of detailed videos, blogs, and information right inside the app. And it's accurate and up to date. That's the best part. Use our Vegas Revealed link that we provide in our show notes and download it to your phone now for free. Instead of reviews, Vegas Near Me has compiled thousands of Las Vegas-related YouTube channels and podcasts like Vegas Revealed so you can hear about and see real-life experiences at the places you're searching. You watch and listen all inside the app. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. Let's get to it now and spin that wheel. Welcome to Vegas Revealed, episode 159. Sean McAllister here, along with Dana Roselli. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, we want to thank all our new listeners. Our numbers are up recently, and we love it. We've been experiencing growth over the last, gosh, four years now. Yeah. And um, recently, we can see different cities hopping on board, and we just want to remind everyone, if you like the podcast, five stars, and feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. And share it with your friends. Yeah, Why not? So yes, for all of our new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your time. And for our longtime listeners, of course, uh, you know how much we appreciate you. So we'll say it again. We appreciate you. Thank you. Definitely. It's it's great to be here. And there's a lot of choice when it comes to podcasts. And you all often tell us why you like our podcast and what makes us different. And we appreciate that. We're two longtime broadcasters who have been doing this a long time on television and radio, and we just really enjoy having conversations about life in Las Vegas and entertainment, but we do it with a little bit of a news twist. You know, we check our facts. We don't just, you know, report all rumors and stuff like that. We aren't, I wouldn't call us like bloggers. We are legit well, we're journalists. Journalists, yeah. That's what <laughs> so we are. That's what makes us different, I feel like, when it comes to our podcast. And it all is. those podcasts definitely have a, you know, 
reason to be around and people oh, love listening sure. to all of them. And some, there's some foodie podcasts and that kind of thing. And those are all wonderful, but that's what makes us different. So welcome aboard. And uh, one thing that really makes us excited is the city of Las Vegas and the entertainers here. Even some of the iconic entertainers of years past, like Siegfried and Roy, who of course had a long history here in Las Vegas. And now one of their Las Vegas compounds is going on the market. So you could live like Siegfried and Roy did. And especially if you have uh, lions and tigers for pets, this compound has a place for them. I know. I mean, listen, Siegfried and Roy, there was always this like mystique around them, right? And this magic. And people would come to Las Vegas just to see Siegfried and Roy. Sure. Incredible duo and illusionists. They've had some mishaps through the years. Unfortunately, both of them passed away. And so people here, I think, feel like, hey, we need to preserve this house. <laughs> I feel people, like we need to. The people who've lived here a long time and know the importance of history. Um, so I'm really hoping that once this compound goes up for sale, that maybe someone will not not live in it, but either keep portions of it the same or maybe not live in it and, I don't know, put it out there as a museum or something. But it's pretty incredible to look at some of the pictures because of the Siegfried and Roy branding. And like you said, the fact that there are spaces where animals could actually live. So it's three million bucks, which isn't horrible. Well, especially <laughs> not when you consider everything you get. Wait till you hear the details about what's included in this property. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's funny because they have the main house, and there's only, what, two bedrooms in the main house, I think it is? Uh, two uh, bedrooms in the main house, yeah, which I was shocked because yeah. I think it's, gosh, wasn't it like 8,000 square feet, the house, 8,700 square feet, something like that? So I was shocked that there were only two bedrooms I know. in a house that size. However, there are three other guest houses on the property that brings the total number of rooms to nine mm -hmm. on this compound. Right. So, yeah, because we wondered. We were looking around we're like, oh, okay, that explains it. There's also multiple water features, three pools, a jacuzzi, six electric gates. Um, there's studios. Apparently, there's like, you know, numerous uh, animal enclosures and then a bird sanctuary too. So, uh, we have a friend on Instagram that went through the tour and she sent us some of her video. And we recently showed that in our segment in Los Angeles on KCAL. And the Moroccan theme is very prevalent in the video. You can see the ceilings with the, you know, the colors and the hanging little tassels and things like that. Um, you can see some incredible, almost like paintings in the ceilings. And then the ornate gold accents. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it's so Siegfried and Roy. That's all I can really explain, how I can explain it. But yes, very Moroccan. Themed. It is. And there are beautiful stained glass windows throughout. Yeah. And um, I believe the, the main house was built in the 1950s. Uh, and, you know, it has definitely been kept in the style that it was when uh, Siegfried and Roy call it their home. Um, something else. So by the way, this compound is called the Jungle Palace, which yeah. is a very fitting name mm -hmm. for this house. Yeah. And it's uh, eight acres. So pretty big area. Everything about it 
<laughs> Go to our social top. media. It's fa- is over the top, right? <laughs> Yo, I like fabulous, too. Fabulous, yeah, all yeah. of that. Um, Siegfried and Roy, apparently they lived in separate houses. Roy was in one, uh, Siegfried was in another, and apparently... Some of the tigers slept with Roy, even, in the hmm. in the main bedroom. I don't know uh, if I'd uh, be okay with that. I don't either, but, you know, they were his, like, his children. I have trouble with my 24-pound dog sleeping in our bed sometimes. I mean, even when he stretches out his legs, he, like, <laughs> yeah. that's not comfortable. If there was a I tiger... Feeling that they probably had like a double double king bed, <laughs> right, <laughs> or something in there. A California king, yeah. So anyway, um, check out some of the pictures that we posted. It's pretty incredible to see, and it's up for sale for three million dollars. Um, there's another property. They're going to demolish the building and build some type of apartment complex or something. It was approved by the city a while back. Everyone besides Mayor Carolyn Goodman voted to have that happen. She right. wanted it to stick, which I agree with Carolyn. I do history. too. They are a part of our history, and I really wish that would have stayed. But anyway, three million bucks. We'll see what happens if someone will buy it, use it as a museum, um, actually move in and ship everything out. Um, apparently, uh, the furnishings that are in it for staging do not come with the home. Okay, I was wondering about that. Yeah, because there that. is one room where there's a dining room table set up, and then over in the corner there's a hot tub. Yeah, I was like, this is really weird to have a hot tub in the dining room. I know. But I think it was maybe set up as like a a sunroom kind of thing. I feel like back then there were weird things like that, right? Well, that's true. I don't know. Like (laughs) when you look at old houses, you're like, why is this like this? But it's not what we would do today. But in the main bathroom, there is a urinal with like gold (laughs) plumbing fixtures attached to it. That's fancy. It is. Well, listen, let's hop over to the Mirage um, because, you know, Siegfried and Roy performed at the Mirage for many, many years. So it got us thinking, like, what's going on with the Mirage lately? And we noticed the hard rock guitar is going up for a vote on March 22nd. Um, The county commission, the Clark County Commission is going to vote on this. So the strip, Las Vegas strip, is in the county, not the city of Las Vegas. And that's why they're doing the vote. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about this before. The hard rock purchased the Mirage, and it will at some point in time in the next couple of years be fully rebranded as the Hard Rock as part of their uh, renovation of the property. Uh, the volcano, that famous Mirage volcano, there are plans to take that out and replace it with this massive glass guitar hotel tower, mm-hmm. um, which the way that it's situated on the Las Vegas Strip Right at the Mirage, the strip kind of takes a turn. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking north up Las Vegas Boulevard from, let's say, Caesars Palace or the Flamingo, uh, you're going to see that massive guitar tower straight ahead of you. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the focal point as you look north up Las Vegas Boulevard. There's been mixed reaction to this uh, plan for a guitar tower in that place. Right. Um, So we'll see what the county commission has to say about it, whether they're in favor of it or if they think it's going to be an eyesore. I know. I'm curious. (laughs) I'm I'm really going to pay attention to this vote. I'm curious to see what they think. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. Yeah, me too. So I, I don't know. Um, March 22nd, we will keep you posted. That'll be probably the, the next or next podcast or the next one after that. But we'll uh, definitely 
post some information on our social media once that gets voted. Yeah. Uh, We went to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway uh, for the spring uh, Pennzoil 400 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series race. (laughs) And once again, we just had a great time. We want to thank Chris Powell up at the Speedway for, and his wife Missy Missy. for inviting us and uh, hosting us. Uh, as we were there, but there were, aside from the race, there were some other things that we noticed that we really wanted to talk about. Right. We went down to the bottom near like, kind of like pit row and we didn't do that last time. And we were amazed at what goes down there, down, what goes down, down there, (laughs) down, down. Um, yeah. And I say down because we actually had to go underground and up again to get to the other side. So it was, it was kind of cool. You're on one side of the speedway, but you need to go under and up to get to the other side because the tracks in the middle. Yeah. So anyway, we went over there and I loved seeing like all the preparation before the race. Like I was noticing like one driver was like laying on the ground and he had someone like stretching his legs and arms. And I thought, wow, this makes sense. I mean, you're locked and loaded in that race going, you know, however fast you're going to go. Um, for a long period of time, you've got to, you've got to be ready. I'm sure muscles tense up all that. Well, and aside from the drivers being stretched out and and getting ready before they hopped in the car for, you know, the 267 laps around the the speedway there. The pit crews were also doing their own warm-ups and stretches and calisthenic routines to get ready because those pit crews are incredible. They are amazing. Yeah. They had like this group little huddle too, right before it was like a team meeting, you know, and like, I mean, they, you're right. They prepped, we watched them stretching and we were like, this is, you're right. Intense. Well, cause we wonder like you have to do it so quick, change those tires, do all that. Like, I can't even imagine what skill that takes. I know. And the safety of the drivers and really all the other cars around that driver. Cause if that car spins out and sets on fire and hits another, I mean, so there's a lot of pressure on you. There is. And I mean, seeing the the coordination and the preparation and uh, all the behind the scenes action over there in the pit really was fascinating. And if you ever get the chance, definitely uh, take in a race from that vantage point because it does give you a different perspective on what's going on there. We are really starting to love it. Again, we want to thank Chris and Missy for inviting us. And they they told us, once you see it in person, you're really going to love it. And you and I are really starting to love it. Uh, it it's so fun. It is. And, you know, we had someone, you know, write us on Twitter and say, oh, what? You couldn't go to the media center? You had to go to the owner suite? Was good. And I said, you know what? Like, listen, this is Vegas Revealed. That's how we roll. We got an invitation to go to the owner suite. So we said yes. <laughs> we can't help it. What are we going to do? Say no? No, we're going. I'm going to have shrimp. I'm going to have a Diet Coke, and I'm going to sit there, warm and cozy, behind the glass in the owner's suite, a front seat to the whole race, and I'm going to watch because I was invited. <laughs> it is a nice way to watch the race, it is. without so, a doubt. But we did do both. We did one side, and then we went up to the suite. Uh, we did see the new governor up there, Joe Lombardo, and his wife. They were actually in the owner's suite as well. Also, all the Thunderbird pilots came in, which was great. The Air Force Thunderbirds did a flyover. Um, they're based over at Nellis. We loved them, and it was so great to see them in person. A young bunch, too. They are a young bunch. Right? And let me tell you, 
we nearly needed to change our pants with the flyover (laughs) that they did because, you know, you expect those planes to fly over at the end of the national anthem Mm -hmm. like they like they normally do. So that's what we saw. The national anthem ended. The planes flew over. We were like, wow, that was so cool. It was really loud, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we were standing there uh, next to one of the uh, pit crew areas and all of a sudden out of nowhere the planes did a reverse flyover yeah they changed course and buzzed the track <laughs> and it, like it was so close where we looked up and you could see the afterburners in those jet engines just shooting out Listen. like you could see the fire up inside of those engines it was insane and we were completely caught off guard. Right. And one of the, uh, I think it was a firefighter at the track was standing next to us and he was like, yeah, I knew they were going to do that. (laughs) And then Roselli was like, come on, man, you couldn't have given us a heads up on that. But I had the chills because I was like, this is a Top Gun Tom Cruise moment for me. It was. It was a Buzz the Tower moment. (laughs) But it was scary. I had a friend that was in the stands write me on Instagram after she saw my reel and she said, that second flyby scared the crap out of me. And I thought, yeah, it really was like out of nowhere. I mean, they have to go back, right? But they could have gone like up and around. They they could have. (laughs) Or a little higher. They gave us an extra show. (laughs) I love it. So it was, it was great seeing those Thunderbird pilots up in the air and uh, back in the, back on the ground in the suite there. And they are very skilled uh, airmen and women, and we applaud them for everything they do. Yeah, and it was great. Big kudos to uh, Terry Fader, who did the national anthem. Terry right. Fader, one of our longtime Las Vegas headliners here in town. He was the one who did the anthem, so it was a very Vegasy opening. Um, so anyway, we'll be back in the fall to go back again, and, and you guys should all go too at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Hey, uh, Keith Urban. We mentioned this last week. He kicked off his new Las Vegas residency, Keith Urban. Uh, live in Las live Vegas. Live in Las Vegas, yep. the residency over at Zappos Theater inside Planet Hollywood. Uh, we went over there, and what a musician he is. Yeah, well, and you had seen him at the Coliseum, right? Is that where you saw him? Yes. Okay, and yep. I had, I've never seen him. So I was looking forward to, I have some friends at home that are like, Keith Urban, fans times 10. They were telling me the whole rundown, what songs to listen to before I went to the show, (laughs) asking me, I wonder if he's going to give away one of his guitars like he usually does. I said, I'll get the lowdown. Uh, But you had seen him and you said he was fantastic. I was excited to see him for the first time because I heard he's fantastic. And yeah, we went to the Zappos Theater uh, to see this new show and it was packed. I was like, we got in there and I was like, I felt like every seat was taken. Yeah. Pretty much. There were two actually next to us that were empty, and they might have been someone that couldn't make it or something like that, but the whole theater was packed. And during the show, nearly the entire theater was up on its feet the entire time, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Right. Which you don't normally see at a Las Vegas show. Yeah, it kind of, it depends. You're right. Depends on what kind. I mean, people love Keith Urban. I, he is a great musician, like you said, great voice, a great talent. I was excited when they finally put him up on the big screens behind him because Mm. I couldn't see that close. And so I felt, 
Um, I was happy that they did that after a few songs because I thought, oh no, because um, we were a little farther back and I was like, I really want to see like his hand playing the guitar and stuff like that. So listen, if you're a Keith Urban fan, splurge and get up close. Um, but if not, eventually they do bring everyone up on the big screen. I know a part that you loved is when they actually introduced the musicians that were on stage with him. They were fabulous. They really were. And you know, normally when you go see a, a concert or a residency show, when the main entertainer introduces the band, you know, they go around the horn, they'll, you know, maybe the saxophone guy does a little ditty on mm-hmm. on his horn and the drummer does a little drum riff. What was cool about what Keith Urban did is he gave each of his band members, he like brought them center stage and had them put on their own show. And they got to, I'm assuming, choose a song of their choice mm-hmm. to play and or sing um, and it was really cool to see the level of musicianship that each of those band members possesses. And then when you put them all together, it really is phenomenal. Yeah. And a lot of fun. And he also did give away a guitar. He did. That was the answer yep. to that question. Just in case you want to know if you go to see the residency, it's, if it's the same as when he does his concert. So there was that. Um, I did download the song that he does with Carrie Underwood. I forgot. I love that song. And now I've got it on my Spotify. Um, So I left with that. Um, Listen, I'm not even going to say this is a negative at all, but my only negative about the show, and it's not even a negative, is it did critique it would be that it it felt very much like like Miranda Lambert did, like a very much like more of a concert than a Vegas-y show. But it was fabulous. He sounded great. Nobody, if you're a Keith Urban fan, you're not disappointed. I mean, listen, it was a great show. I was looking for something maybe a little unique or Vegas style, but, you know, that's not what Keith is about maybe, and, and that that's fine too. So it, it worked. It was packed, and I have a feeling he's just going to sell just fine. I think so. <laughs> and uh, side note, the two uh, women who were sitting right in front of us, mm-hmm. this was their 13th. Keith Urban show. They had seen a bunch of them. One show that they were planning to go to was canceled because of the pandemic. So they were excited to be back and to be here in Las Vegas and see their guy. Um, They even made a sign. They did. They had that sign and they said, listen, we're going to hold this sign up in front of you. Don't get mad at us. And we're like, no, do your sign. You spent a lot of time on it, right? Yeah. (laughs) We get it. You're a huge super fan. You deserve to hold your sign up. Go ahead. That's right. And they did. (laughs) (laughs) They sure did. Hey, also, uh, coming up soon, Maroon 5 is going to kick off their residency over at the Park MGM. So looking forward to that. That is actually right at the end of March, March 24th and 5th, I think they kick off that weekend. Yes. So that'll be good. That same weekend, the Horseshoe is having its grand opening. And when we say the Horseshoe, the former Baileys, it's officially all moved over. The carpet's fresh. They've redone the inside. And now they're doing like a big grand opening um, that weekend as well. So I'm excited that we've officially switched over to the Horseshoe. Brand new kind of name, but an old name brought back to the strip. Right. So we'll be going over to uh, check out that grand opening. Also that week, um, that Thursday, the 23rd, 6, the Broadway musical, mm-hmm. uh, which 
won a Tony Award. I forget exactly which award it won. At any rate, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's been on Broadway. It's been out touring the country. And now uh, the musical is doing an eight-week residency over at the Venetian. So that kicks off on Thursday, March 23rd. And it's a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. The music is great. Um, so I recommend that highly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that over at the Venetian for the first time. So because you've talked so highly about it. Hey, I thought I'd mention this. There's a new restaurant coming to Caesar's Palace. And the reason is I was trying to think. I was like, when's the last time something new has opened in Caesar's Palace? It's been a while. Now, many things, many restaurants have opened at the Forum Shops, which is attached to Caesar's Palace, but the actual hotel casino portion, because the Forum Shops is kind of, it's attached, but it's run by a different company and all that kind of thing. So Caesar's Palace hasn't really opened something new inside in a while. So I'm looking forward to going to this. Yeah, there have been some other, there have been some like bar mm. concepts that have opened. I know there was the um, uh, a pastry okay. uh, shop that opened in there. But as far as like a sit down restaurant, I think this is the first in years new like, yeah, sit down restaurant in a while. I think we went to Bobby Flay's new restaurant. That was, what, what, three years ago? Two and a half years ago? Gosh, that was new? I think so, yeah. And that was the last time. But listen, they have some staples in Caesar's Palace that works. It doesn't mean that you have to constantly be opening something new, but I just thought, okay, this is worth a mention. It's right yep. next to Omnia Nightclub, and it's going to be opened by the Tau Group, and it's called Stanton Social Prime, and it um, is going to feature, apparently, this already caught my attention, the famous French onion soup dumplings topped with cheese and garlic croutons, Mm. as well as pierogies made with potato, goat, cheese, and truffle. So, I mean, the menu looks amazing. I'm looking forward to... This is right next to Omnia, the restaurant that was there before... What was it called? Was it... Uh, Searsucker. Searsucker. And that was there for a long time. So changing that over, we'll be heading over to the uh, grand opening to check it out and let you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, Searsucker, the chef over there was Brian Malarkey. Oh, yeah. Who is well-known from uh, being on Top Chef. And actually, in my recent trip down to San Diego... Um, we ate at one of his restaurants, and he was walking through, stopped over at the table to chat, and um, good to see him. But yeah. Yeah, his seersucker's been replaced. Okay. Well, <laughs> and Chef Santos is is heading in to take that over, so it'll be good. And we were, like, thinking, like, wait, is Omnia owned by Tau Group now? And then we looked it up, and we're like, oh, yeah, it changed hands. So that'll be a nice little partnership there with the restaurant next door. And then the nightclub. Um, haven't been to Omnia in a while either. Can't make it to everything, but um, they're still going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we wanted to quickly talk about this new slot machine winnings proposal. We think this will interest a lot of you because we know a lot of our listeners love Las Vegas, but also do visit Las Vegas regularly. Or you're a local who likes to play the slot machines. This and is a- something I'm excited about. Yeah. Even though I have never won anything on a slot machine that has hit the uh, mandatory W-2 threshold, Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about it because now uh, our Nevada Congresswoman, Dina Titus, is proposing that the threshold for mandatory tax filings on a slot machine jackpot be increased... From $1,200, which it's been for 
decades. Now the proposal is to increase that threshold to $5,000. So if you win anything under $5,000, you would not be required automatically to file a W-2 on your casino winnings. Right, like on the spot we're talking about, where they actually bring you the forms... It was interesting, her reasoning behind this. Um, She was saying, you know, like, you win, you're excited about it. A lot of times these slot attendants and the staff are busy. It's a busy night. So, you know, the slot machine stops. You have to sit there. You have to wait for the attendant to come, fill out the paperwork. And it kind of like, you know, kind of like tarnishes your spirit a little bit. It's like, you know... If you think about it, well, these people, if they won that much and then they cash out, they might hop right over to another machine and keep the high going, you know? But right. sometimes you have to wait a really long time and it kind of ruins the party, <laughs> right? It does. It does. And also for folks that win at the airport, you might have a flight to catch. What do you do? You got to sit around and wait for the paperwork to come. It could be a little bit of a hassle, right? Yeah. You don't want that. And then uh, they were also saying like, listen, $1,200 is not what it used to be. That used to be like a lot of money, but with inflation and the way things cost today, it's a whole new world, and we should up it to five thousand. So I thought that was interesting, um, it, having to do with all the the fact that it you actually stop everything in order to fill out this paperwork. So now you won't have to do that unless you win five thousand or more if they pass this proposal. Right, and that got us wondering. Well, like, are you supposed to claim all of your? Uh, gambling winnings, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's under that threshold. So we reached out to our amazing uh, tax professional, Tracy, Mm -hmm. from Targeted Tax Relief. Uh, You've heard Targeted Tax Relief mentioned here on the podcast many times before. Um, So we said, Tracy, what's the deal with uh, gambling winnings? And she said, technically, you are supposed to claim all of your winnings. Now, if you are a big gambler, you can weigh the winnings against your losses, but you need to sit down with a tax professional like Tracy who can hash all that out. Right. However, right now, if you win under $1,200, the IRS is not going to be automatically notified of your winnings. So yeah. It could fly under the radar a little bit. Right. I mean, that's up to you. You're supposed to claim it. But yeah, apparently, like you said, the 1200 generates this W2G form, which then, you know, has to be filed and all that kind of thing. But if it goes to the 5000, the form won't come until then. And so anything under 5000, that's your responsibility. <laughs> so good on uh, Congresswoman Dina Titus for proposing this plan to uh, up the tax threshold for slot machine winnings to $5,000. I am excited (laughs) about this, and I hope that it gets pushed through. Well, one thing you did say is that, and I don't play a lot of slot machines or the video poker, but you said, you know, it's kind of not easy, but realistically, a lot of people win 1,200 or more on these poker machines. Oh, for sure. Happens all the time kind of thing. For sure. Even if you're doing, yeah, the bar top poker and you get a royal, I mean, that's... A good chunk of change right there. You know, if you can keep $4,499.99 in your pocket without having to file a form, that's good news. Yeah, sure is. All right, let's do some tips. Hey, Sean, uh, tips today kind of go together because I thought of the first one that I saw on Twitter and then... 
I thought, oh yeah. And then uh, the second one's going to just flow right into it. But the first one was something that I saw Clark County put out on Twitter. And I thought, I didn't know this. And you said, oh yeah, I knew. And I'm like, I had no idea. So what it is, is like a lot of people love to take pictures at the welcome to Las Vegas sign. We have the main one. Sometimes the line can get pretty long. It's oh, a, sure. It's a small lot. Yep. You have to park. It can be a little manic, that kind of thing. Um, it's right there on Las Vegas Boulevard before you get to Mandalay Bay. But apparently there is another sign. I had no idea on Boulder Highway near Tropicana. So way over on the east side. But they were like, hey, if you don't want to line up for a picture, this is a great place to go if you want that welcome to Las Vegas sign. It is. I forgot. I forget when I first recognized that there was a sign over there on Boulder Highway, but it's been years and years. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely not the tourist attraction that the sign on Las Vegas Boulevard is. Right. However, if you want that picture with the sign and you don't want to wait in line, you don't want to deal with crowds, you don't want to deal with the traffic on Las Vegas Boulevard, they can get a little dicey. Mm -hmm. um, head over to Boulder Highway. I'm get looking. that picture and Photoshop the strip into the background. <laughs> well, I mean, because can you see the strip in back of the... Like when you get a picture at the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, you can't really. Well, you I can mean, see like Mandalay Bay mostly. Yeah, okay. In the distance, you can see it. Mostly though, it is you and the sign. Right. Well, you're right next to the Sam's Town and Eastside Cannery here. So True. There are some, be some so other So you have some signs. other big casinos. But I'm looking at a picture of the sign. There's some nice greenery around it. The sign looks exactly like the one that's on Las Vegas Boulevard. So um, FYI, I think this is a great idea if you don't feel like waiting in line. Um, the reason that they put this out there was apparently on March 6, 2007, they did like an on this day, 16 years ago, Clark County installed this sign. And so, yeah. Boulder Highway in Tropicana. It was 2007? Yeah. Wow. I know, right? We've been Maybe that's why I remember it. Possibly. We were I probably remember covering it going it. in. Jeez. I know. You'd think that I would remember that too, but I don't know. I'm getting old. A lot of things pass through my mind that don't <laughs> stick like they used to. <laughs> well, you and I just drove under the arches, the archway mm. to downtown Las Vegas the other day. I remember I said, John, I'm never in the passenger seat when I drive through here. Let me grab some video. But I love what they're doing here. This is another tip if you want an iconic picture. Yeah, what um, what the city is doing, they have built kind of an observation deck uh, on the right-hand side of Las Vegas Boulevard, if you're going north, um, where you can snap an amazing picture of the uh, Arches Gateway with the Strat right behind it and it's a, I think that's a phenomenal spot because it is kind of like in the middle of the road. Right. It's not a great spot to stop and get pictures. Mm -hmm. So to have a designated area where people can stop and, you know, get things loaded up on Instagram, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, A, for safety, right? Because like you said, it's a little tricky over there and people want they, these arches are like literally one of my favorite things well, it's it, so cool whenever something is posted about them it goes crazy people are like oh my gosh that looks so cool where is that what is that 
I know. I know. It's so true. It is cool. And that's the thing. If you're not in that area, you just drive under them. You can't really like kind of like pull to the side of the road. So now they have this observation deck. It's called the Gateway Arches Observation Deck. It's pedestrian friendly. It's a viewing deck, like Sean mentioned. And that is now considered one of our popular landmarks here in Las Vegas. So it's right on the way. You pass the Strat right there on the left. And apparently this was in conjunction with the Strat and the city. And it's a new spot that visitors and locals are going to stop to get that good old Insta picture. I love it. We're yeah. going to have to stop down there. We are. I'm excited for that. And then they're going to be opening um, a new golf attraction there too, Atomic Range. Right. And we Over saw, at Strat. Yeah. We saw that that's like coming along. It's under construction and full swing. The main <laughs> structure. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the main structure of the building is up. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, the main structure's up and that's going to be, I don't want to say it's going to be like Top Golf, but it's, you know, it's an attraction. Right. There's entertainment complex, golf not attraction, just yeah. golf. Yeah. So well, I'm excited to see what that will, will turn out to be. Um, you know, um, we've been moving right along. We haven't had too many laughs, so I'm just going to bring this up to end the podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I'm excited to hear what this well, is Well, because I be. kind of told you, but I think it's funny that, um, we never talked about this. This is a random, who do I look like, right? Who's my celebrity? Doppelganger. Doppelganger. I posted this thing on my TikTok where I was talking about my hair. I had my hair back, glasses on. Um, and someone commented Celine Dion. And I thought, that's so funny she said that because a few people in my life have stopped me and said, you kind of look like Celine Dion. And if you look at me just like staring at me, you'd be like, no, you don't. But there are some times when my hair is back or in a certain scenario, if you look, I asked her, I said, do you think I look like Celine Dion? And she said, I sure do. And I thought, you know what? I kind of do look like Celine Dion. Listen, put on your beaded gown, stand out there on Las Vegas Boulevard and make people pay five bucks to take pictures with you. I mean, if I had like a long hair wig, right? Right. Um, but no, I don't know. Like sometimes Celine puts her hair back, right? Like really tight. And and I happen to have my hair like that in this video. And I think that's where, you know, we have similar noses. We got the bigger nose. We've got the little chin, the long cheeks. So there are, some, and the deep set eyes. And so I made me laugh and I thought, listen, I'm not sad about looking like Celine Dion at all. So you can say that. But maybe you write us or tweet us or Instagram us. Let let me know. Do you think I look like Celine Dion? If so, I'm going for Celine next Halloween. And also, if you have been told that you look like a celebrity, <laughs> if you are a celebrity's doppelganger, um, send us pictures yeah. on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Especially, we want to see. Yeah, and especially if there's a Vegas connection, right? Yeah. Did anyone ever stop you and say you look like... Um, you know what I used to get? I used to get a uh, stifler from American Pie. Wait, so, oh yes, like oh wait, I gotta, I gotta. Sean Google William stifler. Scott. Oh yeah, okay, stifler. Hold Which on. I never really, I never got. I, oh, there's a couple times okay. I've gotten Andy Roddick a little bit. Okay, a little like stifler, slightly. He, you're much better looking than stifler. He's kind of got a, like a little bit of a, I don't know, evil t- twinge. <laughs> look to him like one eye goes up higher than the other and all that okay so what was the other one <laughs> andy roddick andy roddick okay hold the on the tennis player okay andy which i don't know roddick. i don't fully see that okay let's see either but 
Okay. I mean, like maybe Andy, for, you know, he wears a baseball hat from a distance. Yeah, we're both I white guys with dark hair. Yeah, I mean, I always say you're similar to Ryan Seacrest, but not really. Again, it's like you have the presence of these people, but I wouldn't say, but I could see all those. Maybe an amalgamation of all of them. Yes. You take <laughs> features from one, throw yeah. them on. It's like Mr. Potato Head. Right. I'm a Mr. <laughs> Potato Head of these people. No. <laughs> no, we were in a Uber once, and I remember the Uber driver said, you look like someone, like he could tell, like you kind of just have that, Sean has a very... Uh, t- t- he has a TV presence about you. Like you can kind of, when you look at you, like that guy must be on TV. Oh, see, I was going to say a generic look. No, I think like you're <laughs> like, that guy's a host of something. And so I think like people bring that up and it's like, that's where the kind of like Ryan Seacrest crossover comes from. So anyway, um, that's how I wanted to end the podcast. Randomly, I just thought of that. Um, we are, gosh, we have a busy, busy end of March. So we're going to have lots to talk about over the next few weeks. Yeah, Vegas is bumping, mm-hmm. uh, firing on all cylinders. Pool season has started, uh, casino openings, Ooh. restaurant openings, show openings, mm-hmm. residencies kicking off. So we'll have a lot to talk about uh, once again, coming up in episode 160 next week. Yeah. And next week, well, this week, really, we officially have one more hour of daylight. So enjoy it, everyone. We are going to be in the mode. It is daylight saving time. And I am thrilled to have tanning season. Tanning season. I can't. Which I love. Yes. And then next week, um, by the way, our podcast will come out. Our next one won't come out until after St. Patrick's Day. So everyone have a great St. Patrick's Day and be safe. Yes, and March Madness will be underway and we'll have some uh, firsthand stuff to talk about with that as well. Of course. Hey, remember, download the Vegas Near Me app. It is the go-to app for all things Las Vegas. When you're here, you need it on your phone. It's available in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store. Um, so download Vegas near me right now using the link down in our show notes. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time. Drive on through the night. The desert sky.